And off to Vox number three, I got a chance to sit down with Kojo Dampte, who not only a fantastic musician, Kojo is brilliant and has a lot of both information and wisdom to share about the organizational processes that relate to combating hate and the people processes that relate to combating hate. Um, you know, it's there's not easy answers in this kind of thing, but I think this is a, a discussion that's an important one. Uh, Kojo is you know, one of the shiniest people in existence, so it's always a pleasure to talk to him, but we, we spend most of our time being pretty heavy. Um, and we talked about what the fuck is happening in Hamilton. Kojo Dante, so cool to have you here for this. Um, you're kind of a fixture in Hamilton as far as um, advocacy, protest, activism, and I'm loving it. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know I was a fixture. <laughs> yeah, you, you. it seems like over the last while, you're like the bold cheerleading leader that gets everybody, you know, riled up in a good like not we're gonna go burn this place down it's just in a good positive hoping for change kind of vibe and i've seen you at so many things and it's awesome um how does that feel to be able to be part of that kind of stuff because i get to be part of that kind of stuff too a little bit here and there and it's it's you know i feel like it's my responsibility but it's also like a really important thing to do yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's, it's important to be present, uh, especially in these times. Um, it's also um, it's also something that if you don't if you don't um, if you don't show up, then what will quote-unquote history say about the moment mm -hmm. right and i think uh that's part of it um and i i i think it's important to not only show up and 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 get the crowd going but it's also important to show up and be part of the crowd right yeah. so yeah sometimes i'm asked to do that uh i do it to my full capability sometimes i just show well, up and i'm part of the crowd yeah there's and, something magic to setting the tone of that kind of stuff and i i luckily when we did the general strike thing on may 1st you were there to start it off and in my brain as we were approaching doing that i was like are people gonna be like upset to the point where this becomes a riot not so much in hamilton but i was a little bit worried about those vibes in toronto i was like this is May 1st, it's, you know, and then we're saying general strike, and you just set it off so beautifully. So thank you for that. Because it's, I think it's a powerful and important thing to give people something to center around. And like, you know, that's part of the reason of doing those things is to shift people's consciousness, maybe? Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, uh, in, 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 uh, in the nighttime when I'm a musician, that helps, right? You yep. know how to... <laughs> Uh, quote unquote uh, move a crowd so I think uh, those that help sometimes but um, it's that's also part of of ensuring that people that are in the crowd 
uh, are in a special place and are in a place to like think about some of the issues that we are discussing, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes everybody is filled with with anger, but how do you channel anger into like reflection and thought and how uh, people's personals, personal choices relate to the current situation? Mm-hmm. And hopefully when they leave, what are they going to do about it? It's when when I'm involved in those kinds of things, I <clears throat> people are really quick to write off that kind of stuff. Like, oh, 500 people came out and protested. Well, what does it really mean? And in my head, it's important that people walk away with something. You know, everybody that was there walks away with something. You know, whether it's just the we're together in this, you know, that's one aspect of it. Or, you know some more knowledge better understanding of what other people in the community like that's why i like really using those kinds of things to give voice to other people um yeah rather than listen to me yammer on (laughs) although people are listening to me yammer on right now on this podcast so that's fine um when did this kind of stuff start for you i mean you're a very political person and you have been the entire time that i have known you what's it's been a long time (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um is this like since you were a teenager kind of thing you're just like something activated you and you got involved no not necessarily i mean um because for me it was music you know it was it was hearing public enemy in grade seven and just being like i don't understand why he's so mad i need to get this mm-hmm. and then thinking about it and listening to the words and being like oh, this is the world we're in mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean i wouldn't say i wouldn't say i've always been that politically engaged but i think when um in in let's put it in law times when i was here in this country you get to spend time to read and and look at history and uh, see how people live day to day. Um, I remember volunteering at uh, Notre Dame. This was a while back and Good Shepherd. And around that time was when I was doing reading about like uh, the... I had always heard about the Black Panther Party, mm-hmm. but I'd never like read to know the people that made it, sure. right? Like I knew about the whole, yeah, Black Panther, Black Power. They had guns to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fight back and, you know, they were a thing. The only but, time the NRA objected, really. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Um, but but to then read about, you know, Bobby Seale, Huey P., Fred Hampton, mm-hmm. uh, Angela Davis, and, and, and some of the other women that contributed to, like, the breakfast programs and yeah. what have you. And then seeing what was happening at Notre Dame and Good Shepherd and in Hamilton, I was like, how are we still dealing with the same sure. things, right? And so, um, yeah, that transformed into, you know, a saying that I, I still believe to today. You know, politics is personal. Mm-hmm. People might say, oh, politics is, you know, what the politicians do. But now we are seeing that, you know, if if you don't go out and vote and choose 
responsible leaders, mm-hmm. then when they make decisions, it's going to affect you, it's going to affect your neighbor, yeah. it's going to affect your city, right? Basic income is one example, mm-hmm. right? So you you say, you know, uh, I despise Kathleen Wynne, and I, I, I'm not saying people should vote for Kathleen Wynne or anything. I'm just saying the the leaders we pick get to decide what happens to people, mm-hmm. right? So example is basic income. Now we have over 4,000 people that don't have the safety net of having basic income. And that affects them on a, on stress level, mm-hmm. mental health, educational, right? So that's a thing, yeah. right? Um, and people would say, well, at least, you know, I have a job. I make X amount of money, even though I may be living paycheck to paycheck or get to save some extra money, you know, uh, that's not my problem. But then there's always that other saying that says, you know, uh, they came for the communist, I said nothing. They came for that person, Mm. I said nothing. And then when they came for me, there was nobody left to save me. So again, that's the principle. It's like we have to ensure that you know, um, marginalized folks are listened to and their and their voices are heard in all places. Mm-hmm. So that's how I became politically involved. It's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing where you you put it on in certain places. It's part of me anywhere and everywhere I go. Uh-huh. Um I mean, with regards to basic income, it's fundamental security can make such a difference. You know, I haven't had that in a while in my life. Like things have just been tight for a long, long time. And I feel that just rising over time, this tension within me and, you know, having something like basic income, you're free. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's uh, a really simple and wonderful thing that massively increases people's productivity levels, I believe, you know, and, and massively decreases hospitalization, massively decreases crime levels. And it's, uh, I think it's inevitable. You know, that's that's the way I look at it, is every time somebody's like talking about like the terrible future of automation and stuff like that, I'm like, <laughs> well, why would people want to do those jobs? We shouldn't be forcing people into doing jobs that are you know, replaceable by automatons. Mm. I, I think people should do wondrous, creative, magical things mm. and and not have to worry about those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, I'm super hopeful, cross my fingers, that uh, that is something that we see. I hope it's really soon, mm-hmm. you know. Just that dabbling into it, I think, kind of ignited the idea, you know, even though it got killed by the conservative government in Ontario, I think it had ignited an idea of something that can happen in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fingers crossed, I really hope for it because mm-hmm. I think it makes a massive difference in people's lives. And yeah. I uh, <clears throat> made a couple of Facebook posts right when it began and basically asked people, well, what would you do, you know, if you had basic needs covered, if you didn't have to work in that, you know, I'm taking this job because I'm desperate or I'm scrambling to keep things together. And Almost everybody, it was like, 
artistically oriented or community oriented mm -hmm. they were like i want to do good things for humanity i'm like fuck really <laughs> that's amazing yeah. nobody was like i'm gonna stay home and play video games and do coke <laughs> you know not a not a single uh -huh. person said video games and blow mm -hmm. so i was it warmed the heck out of my heart and this is like you know, sometimes my Facebook gets carried away, and this was like 50, 60, 70 people saying all of these wonderful stuff. I would create a community organization to do this. I would yeah. paint more and take care of my mother. You mm -hmm. know, just stuff that makes you weep. Mm -hmm. Powerful, powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. The idea behind basic income, and, mm -hmm. and I hope that <clears throat> I hope that people start to understand more the economics behind it. Because I think that that's the, the thing that's missing is a general understanding of the fact that costs actually go down mm -hmm. when you implement basic income. And people, people get sketched out about the idea of free money, you know, or, or that kind of thing. Like, oh, you're taking from me and giving to them. And there's so many things in which that's just not true. It's like, like somebody that comes here as a refugee getting a little bit of money to get set up and things. People freak the fuck out about that. And it's the return mm -hmm. for making sure that somebody's, you know, status as a refugee here is not in danger mm -hmm. is a powerful thing. Like, I, I think that that's something that people don't get is that, you know, we make an investment in people in, in all kinds of ways and it returns mm -hmm. into the community in a larger way. Yeah, and and yeah, you're you you yes, you're definitely right on that on that point. And I think uh, sometimes it's the job of of politicians, and maybe people might disagree, but uh, this is just my two cents for mm -hmm. what it's worth. I think it's a job of a politician to then relay that to inform to to the electorate wherever that is right municipal federal like provincial. actually educate people yeah, on to what's say that going yeah on. to say that look it's not free money right mm -hmm. it's like you are ensuring that the the cost of of healthcare education uh and what have you is reduced and that the stress on the so-called system is reduced by providing uh, people with a safety net mm -hmm. so that when when they are sick, they have money to get magic medication, mm -hmm. right? They don't go into... Uh, 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 Taking out loans to get your pills. To, yes, sure. right? And and even the idea of free money is let's think about this. Sometimes we give money to corporations, mm -hmm. right? And we don't even ask why. Yeah. They have millions and millions and billions sound like Trump. <laughs> uh, millions and billions of 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 dollars and even the investment or the quote-unquote, cost-benefit analysis that we receive from these corporations are even worse than investing in people because mm -hmm. you can give tax credits to oil companies and yet they are polluting yeah. uh, our, our environment. They can mess up um, uh, an ocean, kills lots of living creatures in water, 
but we still give them money. Whereas now you have 4,000 people that, you know, need that support to say, hey, look, I need money to find decent housing, possibly go back to school to finish a degree that I couldn't finish because of, you know, whatever happened in my youth, right? Um, uh, buying medication, buying uh, 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 food, healthy food um, that ensures that, you know, the bedding on the healthcare system is not uh, high, right? So these, these are things that you can see the actual investment. Whereas when we give free money to corporations, we don't even see the investment. And that investment actually goes to a small percentage of people, mm-hmm. right? But then if you invest in everyday people, that that investment spreads even in the community, mm-hmm. right? It actually trickles yes. outwards. Yes. Trickle down is a trick, but trickle outwards. Yes, work. right? Yeah. So um, long story short... Basic income's uh, awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's agreed. And I think it's an eventuality. Um, you, locally, uh, one of your jobs, one of your jobs or main job now? Many. Yeah, many. Exactly. Yeah. Too many jobs. <laughs> Musician. Um, interim director of the Hamilton Center for Civic Inclusion, which is, um, it's an interesting organization. I don't know if enough people know about it. So tell me so that more people can hear. Yeah, so let me just give a brief history because, like you said, most some people mm-hmm. might not know about the Hamilton Center for Civic Inclusion. So after the September uh, attacks in uh, in the in the U.S., uh, we had an increase in Islamophobia here in Hamilton, and an individual uh, bent down a Samaj uh, temple. Uh, mis- mistakenly uh, mistook it for a mosque yeah. and uh, bent it down. So after that incident, a group of community leaders, uh, got c- community civic leaders and organizations got together to say, you know, how can we strengthen our community so that this doesn't happen again? Um, so, yeah, and over the years, it's it's transitioned into becoming the Hamilton Center for Civic Inclusion. Mm. And the work that they've been doing for the past 18, um, 18 years is uh, talking about equity, diversity, and inclusion in mm. the city, um, providing youth mentorship to racialized youth and black, uh, and black youth, um, and also doing, you know, community development work and uh, and also trying to get citizens to be civically engaged and included in whatever is 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 going on in the in the city. So that's and, the work that they do. You been get doing. to be the interim director right now. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, no. better a year ago, better a year from now. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think. I think that um, that's the work of the organization, right? Yeah. Like every at, at every turn since the the past eighteen years, they've been dealing with various various issues. Um, I think that uh, now is an important time, but uh, civic engagement is something mm-hmm. that is a three hundred and sixty five day thing, right? For sure. 
Uh, so it's always needed and it's always called for. So the core of that, when, when I think about what the core of making things better almost always, I think about education. Um, and I would imagine that that's one of the main mandates of what the HCCI does. Yeah, so I mean the 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 basic mission is mobilizing Hamiltonians to create an inclusive and welcoming city. That's yeah, the yeah. that's the uh, uh, the mission of the organization. So yes, education is part of it, uh, but I think uh, what what we are seeing now is that, and and I think ten years ago, fifteen years ago. There was lots of education being done, mm-hmm. but we we never trans transitioned from education to action and implementation, yeah. right? So mm. it's good to say you need training. Mm-hmm. You do the training. Some people say, "Oh, that was good training. I learned so much," and then others say, "Oh man, that's uh, that stuff I don't like," right? <clears throat> and we left it there. Mm-hmm. So then we don't know whether attitudes change and whether uh, organizations and systems change, yeah. right? So now you fast forward, um, the ideas around equity, diversity, and inclusion became quote-unquote um, an intangible thing Mm-hmm. that people despise because they thought it was a farce, right? Yeah. So you do all the education, mm-hmm. but then there isn't like... There's a chunk of people that are resistant, basically. Yeah, that are resistant, but then you're still not seeing like drastic change. Mm-hmm. And then when political leaders start espousing that language, then you have people mm-hmm. uh, become... Uh, resistant to that language, right? So an example is uh, people now equate diversity to the prime minister, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> diversity doesn't equal the prime minister, uh-huh. right? Sure. But then people have done that. And that's what I mean by... Because he's lip-serviced it so many times. Yes. Yeah. And we just did the education and then the politicians did the lip service. So now when you add those two together, Mm -hmm. you have a situation where for marginalized folks, it's always lip service. And the people that were intended to be educated said, oh, it was just a farce. They were using it to uh, get votes. Exactly. Uh So then now that's where we we are right now. Yeah. And I mean, so not to to dig too much into the coming election, but... I mean, one of the things that I really worry about is I I like a lot of the things the liberal government has done, plenty enough of them. And then there's a handful of things that I'm like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, just this is ludicrous. You promised this. You're doing this. (laughs) And that's a big problem. It's it's a little bit like um, I'm not going to make a local comparison. It would be too (laughs) but. The things that I want to criticize the liberals for at this point include a lot of lip service stuff. So lip service, particularly around 
um, the Canadian government's treatment of, of Native folks. Uh, that's really a huge issue to my mind. But also, if I start tearing down at the liberals, that just aids the bad, the really bad guys, you know. And I, I don't know, like, so like that's kind of the trap of neoliberalism is is that you know you've got these centrist governments, and that's what they are, that um, purport slow change in positive directions, supposedly that aren't really doing the thing mm -hmm. and and it leaves me it leaves me mad but it also leaves me like kind of kind of muffled in what i feel like i can say because i don't want to like get people mad at trudeau in case they go vote in another direction and then somehow the election swings the wrong way it's scary shit mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> so i mean uh i won't <laughs> i won't comment on any political sure. party i'll comment on general civic engagement and civic inclusion, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the question we have to start asking ourselves is, how do we hold elected officials accountable, right? And I'll give a big shout out to Spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. I think in the last municipal election, they did a pledge. They did, and it was yes. fantastic. So Spectrum Hamilton and yes. it's an LGBTQ youth yes. group that uh, really, really hit hard as the municipal election came around by creating lists of politicians that you know didn't even respond to them or exactly. where they stood on issues. Yes. So I think that is the template now for engaging with elected officials because... Um, I, I cracked this joke that the only time you see election uh, elected officials is when it's time to for elections, right? Mm -hmm. So when they come to your door, you should have questions ready for them. Sure. And groups, obviously, like Spectrum, by doing a pledge, gives residents... Uh, like a, a receipt or a report card mm -hmm. to say, hey, look, you signed this and you said you would pledge to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So when they get into office, then now this is something they've signed, mm -hmm. right? And we're not saying that they can, they should uh, get 100% of their pledges, mm -hmm. but that is a starting point for discussion. So you sign a pledge, you go and see your MP, MPP, or city councillor, and you say, look, you signed this pledge when you came door knocking. Why? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. Then they have to respond. They have to say, well, you know what? As a matter of fact, my party says I can't do X, Y, and Z. Or oh, we tried doing this, and mm -hmm. this is what happened. But we don't have that engagement. Yep. And I think elected... There's no accountability. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that elected officials to also have this, this uh, um, uh, glow that once they are in office, they don't have to answer to anything, uh -huh. right? And so um, on a municipal level, it's like, yeah, I'm here for the next four years. What can well, you do? Well, might as well be 40. Yeah. As many as yeah, they like, really. Yeah. And then MPPs are, well, well, our party is, you know, doing what we can for the people, blah, 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 blah. And then federals, yeah, my party has done, blah, 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 blah. 
But then I think um, there was there was a, a recent report from the Samara Center for Democracy, mm-hmm. and they did um, they did uh, a report about nominations um, across all political parties, and they found out that was it seventeen percent are not like actual opened, right? So that means that <clears throat> even within nominations of of uh, of uh, people that want to become MPs, mm-hmm. it's, it's a restrictive, yeah, yeah, it's a restrictive process. So what does that mean? That means that the people we are voting in are answering to other people and answering to their political establishment. Mm-hmm. So when they come up with promises and they win, four years goes by and you can't literally say, why didn't you do this? Why aren't you doing this? And then there's the deflect, deny, deflect, deny, what have you. So case in point, I think that residents need to be civically engaged in different ways, right? So this election, somebody comes to your door, you should have questions for them. Mm-hmm. Don't just take that piece of paper or placard or whatever it is and then they say, oh, can we count on your vote? Then you say, oh yeah, I'm thinking about it. And then you go. Because I've done mm-hmm. door knocking before in a political sure. campaign. You put, you go, you knock the door, they open the door, you say, hey, um, this is XY candidate. They are going to do Y da 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 for you. Can we count on your vote? Mm-hmm. Then they're like, eh, I don't know, maybe da da da. You are the first, da, 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 da. and then that's it. Yeah. It should be mm-hmm. knock on the door. Hey, here's my then. Okay, what are you going to do about X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. What is your policy on this da 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 da? Yeah. How do you think about da 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 da? And that's if they all, just a matter of being a little bit prepared or thinking about it. Yes, in or thinking yes. Because we've all got stuff we care about. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I think th- those should be the interactions so that, you know, when they come to your door, you have questions. There are going to be town halls and debates and whatnot in the coming months. People should go there with actual questions, mm-hmm. like not just generic questions. I'm concerned about the environment. That doesn't mean anything, sure. yep. right? If you say that, I say, yes, we are all concerned about the environment. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you that our party will ensure that the environment is top priority. Thank you very much. Yep. That's the line. Literally something that yes. anybody from any anybody party can say. say that, yeah. right? But the question should be, are you going to ensure that we are committed to the Paris Agreement? Mm-hmm. Are you going to sign that? That's one. What policies do you have in place to ensure that we reduce our carbon emissions by 2050? The province has done da 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 da. What are you like? We should yeah. have those are questions that we should be mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, asking, yeah. right? And if we don't do that, it's a free pass mm-hmm. for for uh, 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 for, for them to, for them to yes and say, and say yeah, fun, every, don't yeah, worry about it. yeah. And I'll use. I'll make this one short. I'll use a classic example and people might not remember this, but I do because I was, I did, we did some work around the municipal elections. If you remember during the municipal elections, it was all about LRT, Vito Sorgo and Fred Eisenberger. LRT was the main thing. Mm -hmm. 
We never talked about affordable housing. Nope. We never talked about marginalized communities. Mm. We never talked um, about safe streets. We never talked about all the many things that we are dealing with. And it became an issue about LRT. And even construction hasn't even started. Yep. <laughs> started. Which, to be honest, I don't care about the train that much. <laughs> I, I'm pro-LRT, but compared to the other things that you just listed, I want people to not be living in the woods right now. You know, Hamilton has a massive homelessness problem, yep. massively raised rents, you know. I am this close to just like having to bounce from the city. Yeah. Because if I move again, you know, it's 1300 bucks a month instead of a thousand, you know, it just keeps going, going up, up and going up. Yeah. And that's yeah. over a year. You know, yeah. It went up by 300 bucks. It's crazy. Yeah. And those, <clears throat> those, the, the, those weren't discussed yeah. then. Uh-huh. And if those were discussed, maybe, I mean, I'm not Nostradamus, but we would have had some, uh, 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 more discussion but not just on LRT. Yes. Into it at yes. the very least. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because we're, you know, we're basically sitting here watching nothing be done about anything. Yeah. At the moment, it's uh council seems really stagnant and not really accomplishing very much other than saying that it's a Hamilton for all hashtag. <laughs> and uh so can I can I say something because I think I think uh uh I need to give people context on the Hamilton for all. Sure. So, because ha- I don't think people know where it yes, came from. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Hamilton for all was an initiative between the Hamilton Immigration Partnership Council, the Hamilton uh, Center for Civic Inclusion, and uh, the Hamilton Community Foundation, and uh, the Canada One Fifty. <laughs> okay. So, and the idea was to create a a, a, um, a public campaign mm-hmm. saying that uh, members of equity-seeking groups belonged here mm-hmm. in Hamilton. So there was a campaign that was seen that was on city buses. Yep. Uh, it was in the paper. Memos we from had, the mayor weekly. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there were there were um, ambassadors, you know. So that was the mm-hmm. the the. And that's that how Hamilton two years ago, year and a half ago. Uh, I would say well, you know, twenty fifteen because okay. uh, Canada one fifty was time flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah so around that time. Ago. Yeah. So um, so yes, that was the premise, and that was. Um, actually supposed to be phase one. Mm-hmm. So there was going to be another phase... Edge of seat right two. now. Yeah. What is phase two? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yes. So, so that means that the Hamilton for All was not just something that was started... To be said. ...by yeah. uh, um, uh, certain people, mm-hmm. right? So the Hamilton for All... You know the the cred goes to you know the organizations that sure. that I listed, and that was the whole premise um, of it. And also, it was something that was done in Toronto and Ajax, right? Mm-hmm. And the the again the premise was to say, hey, look, we need a, a visible campaign to say that uh, 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 members of equity seeking groups belong 
in any Canadian uh, uh, city. So, yeah. So I mean I like it, but what was phase two? That I think I missed that. Yeah. So so <clears throat> so the they they only had funding for phase one. Uh huh. Yes. So they used, obviously they they accomplished the funding with with it, and phase two was to go into more in depth discussions and whatnot. But phase two never got up up and running mm-hmm. because there was no funding. Yeah. Yeah. It's in my own head. And, you know, not to knock any of those organizations for what they did and the good work that they do. In my head, it's something that our mayor says when he's in trouble. Yeah. It's like, hashtag Hamilton for all y'all. And I'm like, it's, it feels like so much lip service to me. And, and I know you're, you know, I'm leader of an organization, so I'm not going to like Mickey be like, fuck the mayor. But, <laughs> but that's how I feel so much these days. Um. Is there a path to your mind to taking things like that? Like, it's a good thing to say. It's a good thing for anybody to say. There's there's no downside to saying Hamilton for all. Mm-hmm. I think it's powerful and important, and and more people should feel that way. And and saying it does a little bit of that. What's the? How do all of us do the next step of that? Because that's one of the big problems going on right now is perspectives on immigrant folks, perspectives on refugee folks uh, seem to be really shifting in Hamilton right now. And and I worry about it. And, and I don't know if like I'm just seeing the spec comment section and just thinking that there's rampant hate everywhere. <clears throat> but there's there's too much. And I don't know that there's actually anything really tangibly being done. And I'm dying for that, really. Yeah. Yeah, so let me... Uh, that's a, Not let that me, you have all the answers. Yeah, I don't yeah. No yeah, I don't have all the answers that I know for sure. Mm-hmm. But but what I, what, what I can say is that... Um, people power... Right, like mm-hmm. the the um, I was once told by a close friend and mentor of mine that sometimes what politicians do is they lick lick their finger and then put their finger in uh, in the air to see sure. which, which way the wind's yes, going for sure. Right, so I I. Elected officials are um, one piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. but not the only piece. The I would state that the bigger piece of the puzzle is how do we organize residents to push for the change that they want in their communities. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what... I mean... This past Saturday, there were mm. over a hundred people yeah. um, in front of uh, City Hall. Um, regardless of whether you know elected officials were there or not, mm-hmm. over a hundred people came. Yeah. Right. So I think the question becomes: How do we mobilize and ensure that residents have um, the 
the wherewithal to say that they don't like this and then they get they they make known that they don't like a certain thing mm-hmm. um and and not to say that that's an easy thing obviously it's sure. not easy but we need we need more of that because i think what has happened you know um for the past i don't know 50 70 years is that um governing institutions are hard to keep track of you know mm-hmm. today at city council during the general issues committee um nobody was there and i'm not saying mm-hmm. we should mm-hmm. all be there yep. and obviously they have a a a, a live looking mm. and I'm, I'm sure some people Twitter, but yes, that's about it yeah. yeah but in that session you know when when the issue of the hate policies uh came up some of the discussion that was happening there was very troubling sure right? well i mean uh whitehead bringing up and keep <laughs> as part of that I, i don't even understand saying that they're infiltrating organizations <laughs> that's that's some way out there conspiracy <laughs> shit that was that was be- i'm literally going to download that and just watch it over and over again i masturbate um, to the weirdest things but um <clears throat> i would say no comment to that <laughs> sure yeah but um yeah so in that whole section you know the idea that um there there are only a handful of people spewing hate or enacting hate mm-hmm. and that is not a uh, overall contrib- uh, an overall um view yeah, put, as put forth by Samarola by the way <laughs> <clears throat> um that that should be troubling yeah right because that says that okay you can have five people across the street saying you know things that are borderline hate crimes hate speech well actually, actually and- let's just dial it up because you know for people just listening coach is a black man um <laughs> and I'm a trans woman <laughs> so we we know what hate does yes um i don't know if samrola does But let's let's dial it like way the fuck up and say that there were five people going around the town smashing people in the faces with baseball bats and they did so three or four times a week just randomly people would be losing their minds. Exactly. And and let me let me just say this cuz I don't want to I don't want to um uh Okay, let me just rephrase this. So Let's be clear, Councilor Marula is of it- Italian sure. heritage. Um and he wrote uh, a piece a, a while back de- detailing some of the discrimination that his mm. father faced. Which and I think it existed at, at a yes, point and yes. there's still little bits of that. Yes, exactly. Undeniably. Yes, and yeah. nobody nobody is denying that. And so I I would just say we should we should all ask ourselves that if any family member of ours was going through that would we have that same uh 
emotion to say that it's only a handful of people that are going about mm. spreading hate in our city. Yeah. We would never say that. Uh-huh. So that's the point that I, I, I would hope that other elected officials would understand. Secondly, just because... Um, and and this goes to what uh, Councillor Esther Paul said, you know, just because you have been through um, name calling, uh, racial slurs and whatnot, and you've made it, doesn't mean that it's okay, mm-hmm. right? Um, I I I I don't know how many counselors have read the the two plus LGBTQIA report that uh, Professor Dion and um, oh wait that's the wrong symbol zero <laughs> is the symbol you can't do that one anymore the racists um, took it away um, Susan Mills mm-hmm. along with other community members and members of the LGBTQ two plus uh, IA community produced you read that and you're like this shouldn't be happening it 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 should not Mm -hmm. be happening so forget even yellow vestas that report is detailing that yes in schools in the health system in public spaces Mm -hmm. right so so if they are not going to address all of this, then, then you know, I put my faith in people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I keep on saying that, you know, uh, people power is the only thing that can at least give us some semblance of, 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 um, Ensuring that we're dealing with oppression, mm-hmm. we're dealing with racism, discrimination, xenophobia, Islamophobia, transphobia, um, homophobia, all the things that are related to all forms of oppression, right? And if we are, if, 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 uh, yeah, if, if our elected officials on all levels um, are not willing to come out and state that and, and try and um, work to get to a more just world, then we 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 one shouldn't uh, shouldn't think that they are the answer, and we should just keep listening to what they are saying, but know that we are the ones that can uh, yeah. can bring some semblance of uh, justice. Yeah, it's that imagining that you know, elected officials officials are the answer, or that the police are the answer. I think we've been told our entire lives by almost everything that they are, or that, you know, the police will be there to save you, and the elected officials and mayor, and when there's a problem, these are the folks that are going to fix it. Jolly good, right, right, chip, chip. (laughs) And... And that's a propagandic lie. And, and and I'm not even like necessarily saying anything bad about these institutions. They're just not doing the thing that we imagine that they do. 
you know, so our imaginations about, uh, you know, police investigating a car break-in, they don't do that. They just write a report for the insurance company, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like this. Imagining that they'll be there to save us is is part of the problem. And it's something that I've done. Like, I've been mad with the mayor about him not doing anything. But what the heck do I expect him to do, really? Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I don't know... I don't know what could have or would have satisfied me after, you know, the events at Gage Park at Pride. You know, I would have liked to see something other than, you know, victim blaming. But I'm more and more very much with you on the this is something that needs to be centered around people. And, and I find myself really split about it. Cena, um, producer over here. When we were uh, shooting at City Hall one day, went over and talked to the Yellow Vest guys. And she has, like, the biggest amount of empathy ever. It's great. <clears throat> so she went over and was, like, just open to them and wanted to hear what they had to say. And and not to, like, knock their intelligence or anything, but her, her experience wasn't that they're there riled up with hate it's just that they believe a whole bunch of things that are just stupid you know things that you and i would never swallow and i don't want to say that we have a responsibility to that you and me or that the community at large has a responsibility to that maybe a better way of looking at it for my mind is like when we see people near us slipping into that kind of thing to grab them you know or to just talk with them just be there for more people if more people were exercising empathy within their communities and that became more of a norm you know we, we live in such isolated ways that you know when, when i look at these guys i don't want to say that i feel bad for them but there's a part of me that does there's something went wrong there and it's not okay what they're doing and it's not okay what they say and none of that but something went wrong there and there were some people that weren't there for them and that sucks whether it's you know family whether it's the education system something failed along the path of that and i don't know how to rescue these assholes because fuck them really but living in a world that had less of those assholes would be a powerfully good thing. I don't know, just a thought that I'm having at the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, it's <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's 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 difficult. Um uh I yeah, it is difficult. I mean, let's my my thing is, you know, even even if you just not think about them right mm-hmm. how many how many educated people still have views about people of african descent sure. or indigenous communities mm-hmm. or, you know like well, so I mean, educated such a vaunted term yeah right? it, it means yeah, so little really I, yeah i mean but i understand what you're saying yeah so 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 then it, I don't think it's more, it's a even better example. We have someone who is running to become the next prime minister 
um, Maxime Bernier. And this is an individual that businessman, lawyer, minister of cabinet, MP, but then now he's taking pictures with uh, known white supremacists, dabbling in um, xenophobic mm-hmm. rhetoric. Straight up saying transphobic things on Twitter. Yeah, Exactly. And yet he has over 300 candidates across the country mm-hmm. um, running to become MPs. Yeah. And I don't know what the over or under would be on even if two are elected. But, but that's, if someone that's an organization of hate. Yes, but but then but then so so what I'm just trying to say is that I think that it's not it's not about um It can be about what you didn't have, but then there are also people that prey on what people don't have, right? Mm-hmm. So our, the classic case study would be Trump and Doug mm-hmm. Ford, yeah. right? So Neither of them are lacking in education, really. Yeah, exactly. You know, neither of them are lacking in money. They've never suffered. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? So, so, yeah, so... That's why I I am saying that people need to get together and have discussions about oppression, neoliberalism, racism, white fragility, um, identity politics, all of these things that kind of like mess with with our mind. Because if 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 you want to take a more quote-unquote academic approach to it you know um cap- i would someone would say capitalism is the cause of all of this oh, man, that okay yeah say it often okay fine <clears throat> and then i'm like now nah, it's the patriarchy <laughs> fine hmm? you can we can we you, we we can we can uh we can go on and on but then you know wh- white people Euro- europeans come up with the idea of race, right? Say, oh, that person lacks intellectual power because their head looks different and whatnot, blah, 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 right? Enslave people based on those ideas, right? And then uh, uh, push them to do the most deadly work without pain. Um, And then uh, uh, go on to say, Okay, you can't vote, right? Put them in different schools. And then now, when, when they look at history to understand what, what racist and what racism is, right? Then now they say, oh, all lives matter. Or we are one huma- hu- uh, humanity. Mm-hmm. Or we are playing identity politics. Who who's that? Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I think we should be having all these dis- these discussions at school, but we mm-hmm. don't. Sure. 
at the university, mm-hmm. but we don't. Yep. In public spaces, but we don't. City councillors don't even know about unconscious bias. So yep. how how mm. how how are we supposed to, you know, move move forward? One councillor will say Twitter is an echo chamber. But then when I enter a room with you and I have a discussion with you, mm-hmm. we don't have a discussion. And and uh, you don't accept certain things. So how am I going to take you seriously? Yeah. Right? So I can have a discussion with somebody and agree to disagree, but then we can still move forward, still um, uh, engage in other social and political and other activities, mm-hmm. right? But then... If we're going to disagree on something and then people blame it on identity, like people's identities have material consequences, right? So if you are a white man and you enter a room wearing khaki shorts, nobody questions Mm -hmm. your intelligence or why you are even in the space, right? Mm -hmm. If, uh, uh, a black man enters with khaki shorts. People ask, is he supposed to be here? So that is because of his identity, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So if people are not willing to say that identity is part of how we see ourselves in this world, mm-hmm. then how am I going to have a discussion with you? Yeah. Right? So that's that's why sometimes the discussion now has become, you know... Mm. Um, I'm always so reticent to use the words identity politics because it's been, you know, launched in this weird way from the far-right or the alt-right folks as a, well, you're just engaging in identity politics and they're doing that about things that people have no choice about, you know. You're black. That's Well, you're committing identity politics by being black. You know, and I'm trans, and therefore I'm committing... These are things that we have no choice in. These are just who we are. And and it seems like the easiest thing to figure out. You know, let's line up all of the things that we don't have any choice in and just say, okay, let's just let these people be and and not make a big deal out of anything. You know, Mm -hmm. if you feel a little funny, shut the fuck up about it. (laughs) You know, and... And, and we can't just do that. We, we, we have to make big, fussy politics about it. And, and I get why we need to from the one side. And I get the advantage that can be taken politically from feeding the other side. But I don't understand the fear. Fear from? Fear from... <clears throat> There's... There's a fear of engaging in open dialogue, like real open dialogue, about identity. And, and, and I see it in my friends who don't want to talk to me about trans stuff. They're just like, no, I accept you. It's cool. And I'm like, well, no, I'd really like for you to actually understand. They're like, no, no, accept. Accept, accept, accept. And, and I, I think that 
that that's better than not accept. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, but there's a ongoing lack of wanting to understand the position that someone else is in. I guess what is kind of fundamentally what I'm saying. And and these kinds of things when we do try to talk about them or need to talk about them or have to do politics that relate to them get put into a special little niche of identity politics, you know. And and I don't like where that term came from or the the segmenting that's done with it because it feels like we're putting all of this in a box so that we can somehow figure out how to throw that box away mm-hmm. sometimes. No, oh, I mean I I yeah, I, I I just I just want people to know that your identity because even even for let's take ultra-right people for example, mm-hmm. they say we're you know, people on the left will play identity politics. But then if you look at them, they take positions based on their identity. Sure. Right? So I I I my preoccupation is just that let's all understand that we come we come with with our experiences and they influence how we de- how, how we make decisions yeah. right and i've also stated this to journalists as well mm-hmm. there's nothing as an objective view sure right um there's identifying your own bias yes yes and if you if you state that and i always say you know um yeah state your bias and then tell us what's happened then we know that oh okay yeah you that's your you know I have this um, and maybe maybe this is uh, 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 um, this idea that you know okay let me rewind so there's an opinion that an opinion piece that was written by a, col- a columnist yesterday um, about the the individual that uh, was a white well individual that had a history with white uh, nationalist movement that worked for the city mm-hmm. um, so the call oh, the Nazi at city hall Let's, yes he was okay the yeah <laughs> yeah sure. so the columnist said um, he said, and I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember the whole thing. I read it uh, last night. Um, use the term, if you engage in political ideologies that seem abhorrent. Mm. So the word political, right? I see that and I see that as a, as a code, right? And that's the same language that the individual used when he said, I haven't been active politically, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a columnist using the same code that the... Uh, uh, Reporter. Yes. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, so now when you engage in white alt-right stuff, you are calling it political. Mm-hmm. So if you don't state your bias, then now you're using these code words mm-hmm. to then frame a discourse 
on issues that are happening and you have the platform right yep. to to state those things uh-huh. and that's how people read stuff like this mm-hmm. and then they get into this rabbit hole of oh you know um he shouldn't be fired why is he being fired free speech is under attack um hopefully if somebody with marxist leftist views uh is hired by the city will they be fired right like we sure. get into mm-hmm. all this like minutia of political uh-huh. right so <clears throat> i think it's important for us to like decode some of that language mm-hmm. and also hold these individuals that are writing these columns to a to to a higher standard of what they are even talking about is part of this so 100% agreed on that i don't even know if i have anything to add to it but one of the things that i wonder about or worry about is whether our hate legislation in canada or ontario or hamilton the, the laws that handle these things define hate well enough mm-hmm. you know it seems like <clears throat> Extreme hate is real easy to define. Mm-hmm. You know, advocating genocide, totally illegal in Canada. Mm-hmm. Great. But when we're talking about, you know, free speech versus hate speech, that actually seems to be the bar mm-hmm. um, as compared to, you know, hateful acts or, you know, acts that contain certain words, these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether there's a difference to be had by having you know stronger legislation in that direction or you know it seems like the city of hamilton itself has a really hard time defining hate um to the point where it seems really broadly to be able to apply to anybody that's mad about something mm-hmm. you know when they're putting in rules for use of the forecourt or mm-hmm. you know rules for differing behaviors mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is why I've uh, I I think people I anytime this thing happens on Twitter and people are talking, I always start with, "Have you read the Criminal Code?" Mm. That's the that's that's sure. the first thing. So, Criminal Code three one nine, public incitement of hatred. Everyone who by commuting statements in any public space incites hatred against any identifiable group where such incitement is likely to lead to breach of peace is guilty of an in, in indictable offense and is liable to imprisonment for a term not exceeding two years or offense punishable on summary conviction right now when we talk about um identifiable groups Identifiable groups mean any section of the public distinguished by color, race, religion, national or ethnic origin, age, sex, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression or mental or physical disability. Mm. So for me, let's hang it on breach of the peace. Yes. You know, that's actually a really low bar compared to what I was imagining. So I've got this one wrong, but... That's the homo. Oh God, I can't remember what the damn sign said. The 
homosexuals are causing the loss of the white race or yes. whatever. That sign meets that bar. Exactly. So so to me, so I, I think there are two discussions here when you raise that point yeah. up. So one, read the not you. I just mean no, no, well, you just read <laughs> I, it to yeah. me. I don't have to read it. <laughs> I mean people should read the code. Sure. Right? Because if you read it it's like, yeah. What they are doing there is they should be they mm. should be charged. Yeah, and to be clear for people that are not following what's Hamilton happening in Hamilton, these yellow vests First. that are meeting up every Saturday at yeah. our city hall, holding up all kinds of crazy signs. Some of them just you inane. Just, yeah. Some of them straight up hateful. Yes. So. Yes. So you put you come you gather at ten thirty at city hall. You put up your signs. You start yelling at people. There's an argument. You should be charged. Now, the police mm-hmm. or the, what do you call it? The crown or, I don't know, prosecutor, whoever. Or the defense will claim that no crime or no history of of uh, hatred mm-hmm. is within that individual mm-hmm. so that can't be a hate crime so that is why sometimes police now are hesitant to Enact book yeah, yeah or charge whatever the <laughs> language is I'm not a lawyer uh, charge that person because yeah. then you go to court the defense says, hey, you know, he was just speaking. Mm-hmm. He has no history of, uh, uh, he doesn't have a racist bone in his body. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I just wanted to slip that in there. <laughs> right? So, but on a serious note, um, so that is the argument that would be would be used. And usually the prosecutor then says, okay, what wh- what do I have here? Mm-hmm. So, I know that historically um, at HCCI, we've told people that, you know, when something happens, take a picture of the person, get their name, get their video, report it to the police, so that if that person does it again at any point, then... So, literally, they have to be caught committing two hate crimes in order to... Exactly. Which, again, yeah, for, for, for... for for identifiable groups that this mm-hmm. hate is happening for it, it doesn't make sense so i should wait for somebody to hit me twice before you take that person to jail yep. right so that has been that's the other side of the mm-hmm. of the of the of the issue when it gets to when it gets to uh court so you are right in a sense that the the bar is yes but when it gets to court then now it's like you, you the the burden is on the prosecutor to say mm-hmm. what is the history the question becomes beyond reasonable doubt how do we know this person has hate yeah right uh-huh but then when you quote unquote ban a mosque or any place of of worship mm-hmm. you've done the actual physical destruction of yeah. property so that is one that they can Which you don't need history mm-hmm. you just say oh this person did this and that's it but then when you call somebody a name or you have signs or you 
you you you say oh uh that person shouldn't use that washroom mm-hmm. we don't have you know all those little things it's like where's the history yeah. right and even uh, um i don't know if you remember this incident at um in stony creek where that that person was yelling at uh an individual saying you don't belong here go yeah. home yeah. yeah and even with that right it was just because it was caught on camera yeah right and everybody saw the visceral effect mm-hmm. of exactly what he was saying if the whole thing wasn't caught yep then um, it's nothing then it's nothing uh-huh. right so those are the <clears throat> the the two levels so one i think the definition is clear Mm-hmm. But then when it gets to the legal system, then They're it's like... it down. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, in my brain, I don't even know how to resolve that. But so let's... let's, so, let's not so, not so, mine to resolve. So, so hold on. <clears throat> I'll, I'll give you... You know how we talked about how... Um, we talked about how uh, politics is personal. Sure. So having read this definition mm-hmm. of a hate crime... You have Maxime Bernier committing them, wanting yes, committing them. Yep. But in his platform, he says he wants to change this definition oh. of 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 uh, of hate crime. Mm-hmm. So that's why I keep on telling folks like somebody might come and 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 you know play the platitudes of political rhetoric, mm-hmm. but their actual decision making can really affect the outcome. Of people, yep. right? So if we are not keeping track of this or reading about it or knowing what it means, what it doesn't mean, we are putting ourselves in 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 real dire situation, right? Mm-hmm. So why is why should why should someone running in that party why should we vote for them when they they uh, uh, they want to change this definition of yep. a hate crime, right? So, I mean, clearly they're all assholes, so. Definitely not going to vote for them. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> but, I, I mean, very thankfully the news came forth today that he's not going to be partaking in the debates. So that means that there's not been enough support or that he's a little too, you know, a little too outside of the norms for, uh, for the television audience. <clears throat> which... I mean, there's a little part of me that's glad that he's running so that it pulls votes away from the conservatives. <laughs> but also, I'm like, that's a party. And as you said, that has you know 300 people running across the nation or something like that. That's crazy that that can happen. Um, that yeah, I don't want there to be 300 people in Canada that feel that way. This you know, not, let, let alone <laughs> 300 people that are running for a political party that feels that way. Um, <clears throat> reporting is go- going to the police's heart. Yes, it is. Um, going to the police when you're a member of a community that uh, has historical problems with the police is harder. Uh I can't think of any time that I've ever gone to the police for anything. And and I'm I'm lucky that I don't suffer, you know, or knock on wood, haven't suffered, 
you know, outright hate crimes other than on the internet, which, you know, I suppose that counts too, but whatever. Um, I've never considered going to the police for, and, and probably wouldn't, you know, short of like a major assault. And, and I think people in general just don't. So when we see Hamilton is the number one place for reported to police hate crimes in Canada, that's a really low number compared to what actually is going on, to my mind. Um, I mean, it has to be. Like, and I can't even guess at it. I don't know if that's 1%. Oh, I would say um, it's like the numbers are more f- between f- is 50% to 85% more than what they reported, uh-huh. right? Like the actual, yeah. the actual numbers. And yeah, I mean, y- you're right. Nobody, most people... Uh, don't feel comfortable going to any 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 police station to report, uh, let alone uh, even other 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 crimes. So, um, I think one good thing that Hamilton has done, and and this is just being you know um, presenting the facts. You know, we uh, twenty eighteen the city. McMaster and the Hamilton Center for Civic Inclusion started the Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Center. Um, so I think that was a major step. It's mm. been paused. Uh, hopefully it will be back. Um, well, that's, that's a thing that's worth taking note is like nobody knows what the heck happened there. Yeah, well, um, council just decided to pause it. Yeah, if 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 you want further questions, you can you can contact yep. <laughs> the city of Hamilton. Uh-huh. Um, so so I think first of all, let's just say that you know that happened, and also we have to realize that that was twenty years of of people asking for that mm-hmm. center. So I just wanted to make sure that those that uh, worked on it get their kudos and also yeah. the center oh, sure. yes and it's the, a powerfully important yes. thing so the center was supposed to be the the place where all these things would kind of uh, uh, coagulate and 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 figure out what's happening in yeah. a, in 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 the city um, the plan is that it should be back up and running uh, earliest by January 2020 mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so hopefully the center is back. It gets to do its work, gets to uh, um, uh, look at some of these complicated, complicated issues. But I, again, I, I, um, I mean, at HCCI, we're we're looking at um, uh, again ways in which people can define their own problems because again we don't want to de- we we politicians are part of the puzzle but they are not the main piece yep. so <clears throat> i think I, uh the time hasn't come yet but i think that at some point it will be important for the community or hamilton or residents in hamilton to ask the question and hcci would be more than happy to facilitate that discussion is how do we find uh, a, a citizen's robust way of dealing with um, hate issues? Yeah. Right. 
Um, so that's 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 one que- that's one question to deal with mm-hmm. um, the lack <clears throat> of trust that people have uh, with with police when reporting mm-hmm. um, uh, hate crimes. But I mean, there was a period of time where it felt like there were significant social consequences for um, <clears throat> for folks that stepped forward and said hateful things. And I feel like that's dissipated somehow. That, you know, that the uh, the loss of people on your periphery, if you were a hate-filled person, well, there's, there's other people now to fill in those gaps. And you can be around other hateful people. <clears throat> I wonder about... You know how to have actual consequences like these are things that i feel people should be ashamed for feeling um and thinking and acting upon and speaking about uh but there's no mechanism by which we can make them ashamed that's something that they get to feel or not depending on how they engage with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and and in public spaces it seems like there's a lost battle in a public spaces like say the spec comments or chch the the local newspaper and tv station their facebook pages are just an ongoing slaughterhouse of hate it's mm-hmm. awful and mm-hmm. and and i've even seen bad things about you on there <laughs> uh, but, well, um, I don't. I don't read them, so no, exactly. I, I have. I, I have. have been, I, I have other things. <laughs> yeah, I've learned not to read them because there's not enough people to say this isn't okay. Yeah, and uh, I wish more people were out there saying this isn't okay more strongly. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Um, let's figure out a way to wrap this up gracefully, which is so what I was about to do. Kojo, what's the answer to all of this? <laughs> no, but seriously. Yeah. So, so, so let's let's uh, uh, let's end on a on a high note. You know, I think this has been like a heavy topic. Um. Everybody can make a difference, mm. right? Like, um, it, it it was not too long ago women couldn't vote, mm-hmm. or Native people until yeah. nineteen sixty. Yeah. Um, you know, it was legal for slavery. Um, so I think at the at the core of it is that anyone can make a difference. And particularly when you are when you are when you are fighting for justice, equity, and and freedom of all peoples, um, the fight is always going to be hard. Like it's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. But once you get to the top of the mountain, you get to know that you did it with the folks that were beside you, uh, the folks that carried you, the folks that you carried, 
and there's fresh air at the top of the mountain. Mm. So we have to keep track that there is there is light at the at the end of the at the end of the tunnel. There is fresh air at the top of the mountain, and this journey is one that we need everybody. So sometimes we have to lock arms together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to carry folks. Sometimes we have to drag uh, uh, folks. But if we are all moving in one direction, and while we are, you know hugging and pulling and carrying when we're having those discussions hey how is your leg doing do you need a break uh can i switch uh what's up there are we close mm-hmm. oh no we have you know long mm-hmm. to go okay can i sing a song right like those are all things that we have to be doing together yeah. and i mean that literally and figuratively mm-hmm. right so that is the message, and that is how I think we get to the answer. And that is the Kojo Dente. Ko- <laughs> Kojo Easy Dente album out now called Giants, I believe. we got to keep in mind, we got to do the plug. The album's called Giant? Yes, Giants. Beautiful. Yes. Check it out. It's super worth listening to. Thank you, Kojo. Thank you. Sweet. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, oh, God, my feet are falling asleep. Oh.